Coming up today on Podcast 1976, VW find a scout partner. Australia sets some charging standards and EV price corrections. A good thing for buyers, I think. Plus, stay tuned because later in the show, I'll tell you what the UK government just said about Tesla selling full self-driving over here. Well, I'm Martin Lee. This is EV News Daily. I go through hundreds of articles, feeds and stories a day so you don't have to. And welcome to a new Patreon producer, Graham Beaumont. Graham, thank you for signing up a couple of weeks ago. Thank you, Graham, for being one of the incredible people and organisations that gets the show on the air every day and spreads the word about EVs. We'll start with news about Volkswagen Group's first fully owned battery plant in China. Volkswagen Anui Components, uh, VWAC as I'll refer to them, has commenced producing high voltage battery packs in China, essential for their MEB platform cars over there. Uh, the battery system has all the cell modules, the cell management controllers, the battery management systems, the BMSs, etc. 96% of those components all sourced locally, which of course reduces price, a crucial thing for anyone making these vehicles in China. But it does mean that that knowledge gained hopefully could reduce the price for everyone around the world at some point as prices come down for batteries. More on that a little bit later. VWAC is located next door to Volkswagen Anui, their first majority-owned venture dedicated to EV sales. Uh, the plant was recorded, uh, constructed in a record 12 months, much like Tesla's Shanghai Gigafactory, famously to the day, uh, started making things 12 months after they put the first piles in the ground. They call it Hefei speed, or I just call it China speed, because it's just crazy how quickly uh, things happen over there. Volkswagen also in the news because they are going to increase their presence in China with a new platform focused on cheaper, well, I'll say cost-effective vehicles, because no car maker ever likes to be called cheap. Uh, but they will use all those local components to bring the price down. The new platform, referred to as a main platform, uh, tailored specifically for the Chinese market. So we shouldn't get that, um, at least not in initially to reduce production costs and increase the use of local components more than the vehicles on sale in China right now, which is the ID3, 4, 6 and 7, I think I'm right in saying. Um, the platform will involve their MEB uh, toolkit, the Modular Electric Drive Toolkit platform. Uh, it goes on the market in 2026, again with these new batteries that I just talked about at the beginning with their new factory that they've made there. And they have had some big price cuts in China as well because the ID3 just wasn't selling. It used to sell about 2,000 units a month, up to about 10,000 now. But China, very price sensitive and very tech sensitive as well, which which is where some of the established car makers have fallen short versus the local upstarts. Now, finishing off our VW news, the Scout vehicles are interesting because that Scout name doesn't mean too much to me, but it does for some people, actually. Um, VW will collaborate with a partner to develop the Scout EVs in a deal worth about $500 million or $450 million. Euros. The development of the two Scout EV models, the trucks, an electric pickup and an electric SUV will be entrusted to Magna Steyr, as reported by Kleiner Zeitung Publication. These models are slated for introduction into the United States. Early 2027, series production begins the end of the previous year, and Magna will work in our oversee production in the US, but I think Volkswagen will do that themselves, but the vehicles will still be produced in Graz as well, in Austria, where development efforts are already in progress. Now, Magna Steyr 
a very famous name in producing vehicles for others as well, famously the I-Pace and loads of stuff. Like the, the famous one, I suppose, is the Mercedes G-Wagon and fans of the G, of which let's talk at that, about that next. Uh, we'll know very well where those vehicles are made. They're very well known for making off-road vehicles. And the Volkswagen Order, they say, is the largest development contract acquired by the company to date. And Scout has kind of gone a bit quiet while they get on quietly and make that. So with the, with Magnus Stair connected to it as well. I think it's a good sign. Uh, let's talk about the Mercedes G-Wagon then, the EQG, the all-electric G. Now, this is a vehicle that is obsessed over by a certain portion of the car-buying public out there. Uh, they've not actually made that many of them over the years. I think the G began in 78 or 79, so it's about as old as me. And now they're going all electric with it. Uh, the iconic G-Wagon, the CEO, Ola Kalenius, recently took... Uh, us on YouTube for a little demonstration run. They put the GoPros inside the car and he went to drive up a mountain in Austria and a recent showcase just showed how capable that thing was. Now, he did hand over the driving to a professional driver at the end as well who properly blatted it through a kind of, you know, off-road course and it looked... It looked very, very capable. The coolest thing about the G-Wagon as well is that it will do everything that a Land Rover will do and then it will usher you to a you know a business meeting in complete style hours later this this concept of having a very capable vehicle was probably not used too much in terms of going off road with the vast majority of people who just tint the windows and drive around town but um, but still very very capable which did make me smile because I, th- I think I'd previously just just finished reading a an article from a, a Tesla website which said that the Cybertruck will be uh, the most capable off-road truck in the world <laughs> I was like okay well the Cybertruck won't be the Cybertruck will be very cool uh, but it'll, it certainly won't do some of the things that things like a G-Wagon can do and specialist off-road vehicles can do they also unveiled the Tank Turn. Now, I'd seen the Tank Turn in operation. Well, Rivian unveiled it, of course, then gave up on it, famously. I don't know why Rivian gave up on the Tank Turn. I read two stories. The first one was that it's Tank Turns can destroy the trailway that you're doing it on, and that it churns up the ground. So this is where the left hand, because it's got four motors. The, the G-Wagon has four independent EV motors, it does what a tank can do. So the two left wheels can spin forwards, the right-hand wheels can spin backwards, and you'll go round in circles on the spot. Now, Rivian gave up on this, I read, because of the environmental damage. And also I read that they couldn't make it work, because you, the tank turn thing is a bit of a party trick on very loose ground. It works on loose stones and loose ground, but... Otherwise, not really. But it will rotate 360 degrees from a standstill, and the wheels will spin in opposite directions. They they showed this off with the Mercedes G-Wagon. It looks really cool. I don't know when I'd ever use it, but it just it looks like a great party trick. Um, it'll do... Obviously, you don't have to do a full 360, so you could turn on the spot 90 degrees or 180 degrees. And they made this point of how the G-Wagon is... the technology is ready for this on loose surfaces to turn on the spot. The G will turn on the spot, but they've called it the G turn. Now, if I was in the marketing department, I would have at least floated the idea of calling it the G spot. But I understand why Mercedes, being a little bit more conservative, perhaps have gone for the G turn name. But on the screen, 
you won't hit the G spot. You'll hit the G turn button. But it looks cool. Now let's talk about Renault trucks. Now Renault is a, a name that I think I forget sometimes how many different segments of EVs they make. Now let's talk about their trucks. They've commenced series production of their heavy duty electric trucks, the E-Tech T and the E-Tech C. Uh, the site with a 60 year history in making electric uh, uh, Renault trucks rather now going electric, the Bourgeon Bresse plant. Uh, these trucks designed for regional distribution and urban construction as well, expanding their all-electric lineup in Europe. They make everything from e-bikes and e-cargo bikes all the way up to these 44-ton trucks. So Renault do have their electric fingers in many little battery pies, so to speak. I'm going with it. Uh, the E-Tech T and the E-Tech C models, assembled on the same production line as the diesel counterparts. Uh, post-assembly, they get moved over to a specialist area uh, where the EDUs, the electric drive units, and the transmission and the batteries are inserted. The battery packs up to 540 kilowatt hours on these Renault trucks. They'll charge on AC at 43 kilowatts, DC 250 kilowatts, and do 300 and uh, 300 kilometres on a full charge with the big batteries. Uh, they use the Samsung batteries for this, the cells and the modules uh, assembled at the Ghent plant in Belgium, part of the Volvo deal, because I think Volvo owned a bit of, or Renault owned a bit of Volvo trucks. Now, let's talk about the Porsche Panamera e-hybrid, maybe setting the standard of where we should think about plug-in hybrids over the next few years. Porsche launching their new third-gen Panamera with their new plug-in hybrid powertrain. Four different e-hybrid options are going to be available. Uh, the powertrain has more power, more electric range, better efficiency now. Uh, alongside the combustion oily bits, there's a 140-kilowatt EV motor and a 26-kilowatt-hour battery. Now, that will offer you 56 miles or 91 kilometers of range. And 50 miles or 100 Ks, that ballpark is, I would hope, where we get to with plug-in hybrids. Now, I always have to remind myself that the very first EV we bought years ago with the little Renault Zoe, and I'd have another one of those tomorrow, by the way, love the Zoe, um, had a 22 kilowatt hour battery. So what we're talking about here is a plug-in hybrid and moving to plug-in hybrids, at least for bigger vehicles, where the batteries are really decent size, 26 kilowatt hours in this Porsche Panamera, to get, I think, a really decent amount of mileage. And you work out how many journeys you do that are more than 50 miles or 100 Ks. And sure, those are the ones I think would stand out. I think for most people's commuting and running errands and things like that, you'd nearly always be on electric power. And the way that the Porsche does it is actually really nice. They integrate that into the eight-speed dual-clutch transmission. That saves any extra weight on separate housing for the EV motors and stuff. Plus, you've got the oil circulation, the thermal efficiency of integrating it that way. And the Panamera's performance is as stunning as it needs to be for a price point like this. Like 0 to 62 miles an hour, 3.2 seconds, 195 miles an hour top speed. It keeps all those people happy that think they need combustion stuff. And yet, hopefully, if they use the vehicle how I really would love them to use it, which is have a home charger, ensure your battery's always 100%. Assume that's okay because probably big buffers on a plug-in hybrid anyway. So it's not going to hurt the battery to always be topped up. And then you're always going on electric power. That's how these vehicles should be used, in my opinion. But anyway, uh, hopefully those, you know, these people that are buying long range FEVs, keep them charged. Well, that would be amazing. Right. Stick around. Take a quick break. And when we come back, we will talk uh, about uh, the tax credit situation in the US, my US listeners and why down under they are setting new uptime standards for chargers. Stick around. 
So if you like your podcast ad-free, by the way, you can be like Graham at the beginning, beginning of this podcast and sign up on Patreon. You don't have to, by the way. Pod will always be free. Uh, but if you want to support the show, uh, you can do in my work here. Thank you very much for considering that. Now, Tesla is at risk of facing a ban in the UK on how they advertise full self-driving because of new car laws coming in. Let me tell you about this. The Department of Transport here, a, a part of our government, in the UK, plans to restrict the use of terms like self-driving or driverless unless they officially approve the system as being a high enough level of autonomy. Now, you know that for years, Tesla has branded their software full self-driving. That is a branding exercise because the vehicles do need you to be in full control. But often, motorists have been charged thousands of pounds with the promise of full self-driving coming later down the line when the tech is ready. And our government has taken exception to that. So let me tell you a little bit about some of the rules that are changing. Uh, Government documents indicate that any term which implies a greater level of autonomy than actually exists will be banned. Phrases like self-drive, self-driving, drive itself, driverless, automated vehicle, etc. will be subject to new regulation and misleading marketing laws. Now, legal experts believe these new proposals make it very challenging for Tesla to continue selling vehicles as they are in the UK with the current marketing branding, even with all the disclaimers and everything that goes with it. They wouldn't be able to call it full self-driving, autopilot, FSD. They'd need different marketing terms if Tesla want to carry on selling vehicles in the UK. Or, of course, Tesla can just improve their technology to a level at which the UK government then say, okay, we think that you can use that phrase. Interesting that we're taking a stand. We are now out of the European Union. And so I guess perhaps a little bit more free to come up with our own laws and things like that. But it'll be interesting that if any other countries choose to follow the UK's lead or whether the UK wanting to be friendly to a billionaire that can build factories and create jobs here, whether Elon picks up the phone to our current Prime Minister or the next one and says, hey, we might build a battery factory in your country, so can we carry on calling it FSD? And, you know, maybe just things get moved that way. I don't know. Let's talk a little bit about upcoming challenges for EV tax credits in the US with the Inflation Reduction Act. And this is all changing next year. Now, you know that from January it becomes a dealer based thing. They can claim back the $7,500 and you don't have to wait for your tax bill or your taxes to be filed. And then that money gets reimbursed within 72 hours, I think, or maybe even less to the dealers involved because dealers don't tend to be that cash rich. Uh, Well, by April next year, when the rules get tightened again, only a limited number of EVs in the US will be eligible for the full federal tax credit. Stringent criteria increase uh, will be increasingly tightened uh, to look at material sourcing, uh, vehicle assembly, supply chains, and to ensure those cars are eligible. Now, the materials must be assembled and sourced uh, in North America or a trading partner. Currently, the majority of EV batteries are imported. China dominates those imports, of course, with the new regulations which are aimed to boost domestic manufacturing. They do conflict with the goal of also reducing dependencies on, on carbon emissions and also foreign energy sources. And so uh, at the minute, it looks like there's a possibility that manufacturers could try and speed up that supply chain deadline. But April is a blink of an eye in automotive world. And uh, there'll be some vehicles not qualifying after April that they do now. What I'd love to find is a website that has all of this charted 
and planned out and is easy. But I, I just, I've never found one. So if you know of something that is very clear, what vehicles on what date will be eligible for what level of tax credit, I'd love to advise the listeners of the podcast, hey, buy this car now, maybe wait, maybe make that purchase if you're thinking about it. But uh, let me know if you find something that's a good resource. A few more stories today. Australia is implementing new standards for EV fast chargers funded by the government. 98% uptime will be the minimum, and that starts next year. Part of broader reforms aimed at enhancing the reliability and user-friendliness of EV charging infrastructure. The agreement by state and federal ministers includes several standards. The 98% uptime is the headline, but also they're provisioning multiple charging ports, a unified payment system as well, and a more balanced distribution between CCS and Chadamo, which is interesting. The 98% uptime compares with the UK's 99% and the US's 97%. Great Wall Motor, or GWM, increasing their footprint in Europe with eight additional countries facing challenges from any of these Chinese makers that want to import cars into Europe. Many of them are looking at building the vehicles here. Uh, Great Wall Motor will expand into Italy, Spain, Portugal, Netherlands, Belgium, Luxembourg, Austria, Switzerland, and they've already got partnerships in Germany, UK, Ireland, Sweden, and they are already setting up German subsidiaries on the chance that the European Union and the European Commission initiates these subsidies and puts taxes on cars coming in from China. So many of them want to be ready to go to finish the assembly in Europe to get around that. Now, the car of the year for 2024, uh, the contenders include, well, so many EVs, you won't be surprised to hear. EV9, Peugeot E3008, Renault Scenic, Volvo EX30, a panel of uh, jurors from 22 European countries select the finalists from uh, initially eligible vehicles, and the winner will be announced in February. Previous car of the year, or the current car of the year, is the Jeep Avenger. Uh, now, a couple of stories on EV pricing. This great correction that we've had in 2023. I mean, you, many listeners know that I'm currently selling my Hyundai Kona. We've had that for a year. I got that off Dad a year ago. And fair market price on a very, very low mileage, 4,000-mile Kona a year ago was £34,000, which is what I paid for it. Current market value, fair market value, it's not the cheapest one on Auto Trader, uh, is £22,000. I've taken a £12,000 bath on that in the last year. I could have rented a car for £1,000 a month. And, you know, it, it stings, but we need a bigger car for... A little, uh, you know, you know, we adopted a baby girl recently, and that comes with a bunch of push chairs and things. And the Kona, with two young kids, which we've got now, the Kona boot space just needs to be a smidge bigger. So we're going to make a change. The MGZS still copes fine, but it hasn't got a long enough range for our long journeys. And so we're, we're selling the Kona. Uh, that's over at Richard now RSEV uh, in in New Milton, RSEV.co.uk. So he's kindly selling that car for. Me, but that's an ultimate spec, low mileage. Whoever gets that car for 22 grand is getting, in my mind, a freaking bargain. But that's what's happened in the last 12 months. And the decline in used EVs uh, values has happened rapidly. And Car Gurus, a UK website, has some new data out today uh, showing that nine of the 10 fastest depreciating cars of the last year were electric. The Jaguar I-Pace led their list. Now, the Kona wasn't on their list. Now, I've seen some other lists of depreciating cars where the Kona was on it. Um, 
great, brilliant. I owned one of those, still do, until you until somebody buys it. But um, the iPace topped this list, and a you know they they point out that with a decent budget now, twenty five thousand uh, pounds, you could get either a three year old F Pace or a similar iPace. So that is price parity between combustion and electric. And that's amazing. A two-year-old Tesla Model 3 long range is well below 32, maybe £30,000 now. That's a £20,000 discount on what was a new car two years ago. Model 3 long range is an exceptional vehicle as well. And so uh, this is incredible for buyers. If you're selling an EV uh, that you bought a year ago, like me, uh, it's less good news. But hey-ho, it's uh, you know I've made money on EVs before when they were in shortage I sold two EVs at a profit. I bought them, drove them for a year, sold them for more than I bought them for. Not by 12 grand, I must admit, but I'm not complaining. I'm complaining a little bit, I must admit. And finally, discounts on new EVs are finally being seen. A dramatic increase in the UK from November last year to October this year. As automakers try to boost their sales, discounts on EVs were previously unheard of, but now you can get cash and finance discounts, and the analysis was based on 77 EV brands. 673 different models were looked at by What Car magazine here in the UK, and they said that if you look at things like PCP, personal contract purchase finance, with 0% deals, uh, there's been a big drop. Vehicles like the Mercedes-Benz EQC, that's a fabulous vehicle. Wow, I'd love an EQC. Um, the It's had about a 46% drop in monthly payments on PCP finance from £1,094 a year ago to £594 now, and 0% interest rates from Mercedes-Benz as well. Remember that from January next year as well, car makers that want to sell vehicles in the UK have to hit 22% sales mix of EVs. So from the new year, there will be even more stellar deals from car makers that don't want to get fined. And if you want to sell a car here, then a fifth of your mix have got to be EV, and that's called the mandate. And I think that's going to spur even more new car deals so if you don't need to buy a brand new car now maybe get a used one and then wait a little while and see what news car deals are around in 2024 maybe buy yourself a used kona uh two careful owners i can highly recommend one all right thank you very much for listening to the podcast today our premium partners are phil roberts of electric future porsche of the village in cincinnati audi of cincinnati east volvo cars of cincinnati east national car charging on the u.s mainland and aloha charge in hawaii Derek Riley from Nevo.ie and the Nevo EV Review Island YouTube channel. Octopus Electroverse, global public charging made simple with one app and one map. And Lease Plan Electric Moments, providing all the tools and guidance EV drivers need. Have a good one, see you tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid. <laughs>